Hi, this is Bannon Backus before the show. I just wanted to share a couple of exciting things with you. First off, I know that there have already been a lot of great comparisons made regarding 2020, but the other day I realized what this year reminds me of, and it has to do with one of my all-time favorite movies, Ghostbusters. Um, If you've never seen the movie, bear with me, and also see it as soon as possible because it's an awesome movie. But I realized that this year is like one of the early scenes from that movie where Venkman is testing the ESP ability of a... Uh, underpaid volunteer who gets electric shocks when he guesses incorrectly. And because Venkman is Venkman, this poor volunteer also gets shocked when he guesses correctly. And it hit me that in 2020, for the average person, uh, we're that poor test subject. This year it feels like even if you happen to stumble upon something that's correct, you'll still get shocked. So that thought made perfect sense to me, so I wanted to share it with everyone. Secondly, I wanted to let everyone know that, believe it or not, and I can't believe it, the season finale of The Gone Show is coming up on June 29th. Um, now, if you're already signed up for our newsletter at boomtube.com, this is old news to you. So if you haven't signed up for that, check it out at boomtube.com. But on June 29th, to celebrate the season finale, that entire episode will be devoted to guests of the show answering questions submitted by listeners. So we want to hear from you and give you an opportunity to be a part of the show. All that you need to do to submit a question for consideration is to visit the Gone Show Facebook page and find the post about asking your questions for the season finale. It'll be hashtagged season finale questions. Uh, follow the very simple instructions on how to reply to that post with a question for guests like Jay Stewart, John Mitten, or any of the other guests, and then stay tuned on June 29th to hear whether your question has been asked. And I really can't wait to hear what questions you might have for everyone. Uh, Also, please consider supporting the show by liking it and subscribing to it wherever possible. And now on with the show. As always, thanks for listening. Welcome to The Gone Show, the show where my guests and I explore anything and anyone that is now gone or might as well be. On tonight's episode, our conversations will take up a lot of space, but they'll also be clearly indexed. That's right, we'll be discussing library card catalogs. And now, joining the world and beyond from the Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of The Gone Show, Bannon Backus. Thank you listeners for joining us this evening for another episode of The Gone Show. Tonight, my guests are Jay Stewart, who is a brain in a jar. Yeah, as always, it's a pleasure to be in attendance. John Mad Jack Mitten, who passed away in the United Kingdom in the first half of the 19th century and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache, is also with us in the studio. That's right, I'm here. And now, what are your other two wishes? Yeah. 
And also joining us tonight is Orson Escanaba, who is a yeti. He is the one who floats, speaking truthfully. Are we now able to have our wishes granted? No, nothing's changed since the last time you were here, Mr. Escanaba. If John's oversized mouth is moving, he's not speaking truthfully. Take care now. I see. I was prepared to wish for the raw rump of a buffalo. Me too. What a coincidence. Excellent. All right. Well, now that we've placed our food orders, let's get right into it. Tonight, we're going to be talking about something that takes me back to the days when I was in school and had to write reports on things like cumulus clouds and turtles. Tonight, we'll be discussing library card catalogs. Clouds and turtles. I'm relieved to hear that your youth wasn't wasted. Library card catalogs. Now those do take me back. I am familiar with what your people call a library. It is the quiet place. But what is a card catalog? I demand to know. So a card catalog at a library is just a collection of small paper cards. Each card contains information about a book available at that library, and all of the cards are organized in a way meant to make it easy for anyone to find either a specific book or specific type of book. In my experience, the cards are usually stored in a sturdy wooden piece of furniture about the size of a tall dresser, but I'm sure they vary in size and style. That sounds extraordinarily boring. We yeti prefer to hunt for what we desire. There's nothing quite like the thrill of the hunt. Unfortunately, in my experience, you're sometimes able to find the thrill of the hunt at your library. Or, I should say, sometimes it finds you. How do you mean, Jay? When I was just starting out in business back in the late 1940s, I didn't have much free time. But whenever possible, I would try to find a book to read. And so one day on my way home from the office, I had just enough time to stop at the library before it closed and find a book. One of my co-workers had recently given me a recommendation, so I inquired about it at the front desk. And why did you not simply reference the aforementioned card catalog? I wish that I had done just that. My experience that night might have been much more pleasant. Instead, I asked the man behind the front desk if he had a copy of The Most Dangerous Game. I demand to know. What is the most dangerous game? Man. Man. Ridiculous. Nonsense. Please, go on, Jay. 
After asking for a copy of the most dangerous game, the man behind the counter slowly looked up from his work and, staring at me, asked me, Why read it when you can live it? Why would he... What did this guy look like? He appeared to be in his late sixties, slender, he was wearing a cardigan. What little hair he had left appeared to have been colored, and with an inexpensive dye that had stained parts of his scalp. And something that I'll never forget are the glasses he had on. They had thick lenses that made his eyes look like those of a giant owl. A bird of prey. I asked him what he meant by the remark and in a most delicate fashion, he set aside the stamp that he had been using. Then he reached under the desk and lifted up a crossbow. Yes. Oh my god. I began to back away, and that's when, with great deliberation, he began to load the crossbow and said to me, I'll give you a thirty-second head start. And are you quite certain you didn't have an overdue book? Yes, quite certain. So I began to run for the exit, and that's when I heard his voice from behind me say, All of the doors are locked. We're all alone here. Twenty-four seconds. What the hell did you do? I ran somewhere else. Before I knew it, I found myself in the far corner of the library. Thirty seconds had already gone by, and I could hear the footsteps of this most dangerous librarian getting closer and closer. Is this a typical visit to the quiet place? No. As he got closer and closer, I took off my wristwatch and I threw it away from me as high and as hard as I could. The footsteps stopped and I held my breath before I once again heard the footsteps. Only this time they were headed in the direction of where my watch had landed. I had managed to buy myself some time. With a watch, new less. A stratagem worthy of a yeti. I realized then that the only way I would leave that library alive was by outsmarting my opponent. I've always known that deep down you've always been a brain in a jar. Staying low, I made my way back to the front desk to look for anything that might be useful. 
I was about to give up when I spotted a jar of glue. The kind of glue that they use to stick those pockets onto the inside cover of library books. Right, where the card that they would stamp goes. Exactly. So I grabbed the glue, made my way to the other end of the library, and got to work on my plan. Well, go on. Don't be a tease. What was it? After ripping out pages from a book, I covered one side of each of those pages with glue and placed them sticky side up between two bookshelves. Then I heard from somewhere in the library the man yell out, You can't hide forever. To which I replied, Don't you know you're not supposed to raise your voice in a library? The hunter becomes the hunted. I stood at one end of the aisle created by the bookshelves, as my opponent, crossbow in hand, approached from the opposite direction. As he approached, I said, I give up. All I ask is that you get close enough to make certain it's a clean kill. He responded, saying, Of course, I have no desire to cause my prey any unnecessary pain. Then, as he made his way toward me, he walked over the glued papers and became distracted as they stuck to his shoes. And that's when I rushed to the other side of the bookshelves and with all of my strength, pushed it over, and it fell on top of him. Good, good. I crawled under the bookshelf. He had been knocked unconscious, so I took the crossbow, found the keys to the door in his cardigan, and left the library, calling for the police. The police? You didn't end the life of your opponent with his own weapon? Well, no. Regardless, it seems as though you have some yeti blood in you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm so glad that you were able to survive that encounter, but I have to say that was pretty badass, Jay. Uh, well, I don't think. Remember today well, Jay, son of Stuart. For today, you take your first step toward becoming a warrior. In not only action, but also title. This is not the first plucky exploit of yours that I have been made aware of. Plucky! And so, when I return home, I will be recommending to the elders of the Council of Frost that you become a member of my tribe, the tribe of Eskinaba. Oh my, I don't know what to say. I'm honored. For warriors like you and I, words are unimportant. Wow, Jay, that sounds like quite an honor. Congratulations. Is it unusual for a non-Yeti to become a member of one of your tribes, Mr. Escanaba? Jay, 
son of Stuart, will be the first. Wow, congratulations again, Jay. Uh, thank you. I am overwhelmed. Thank you, Mr. Askinaba. I'm sure it would be my honor to carry with me the name of your tribe. We are already on our way to becoming brothers. You may now address me as Orson. That alone is a big deal. You knew I'm not entirely unfamiliar with the thrill of the hunt myself. Back in my day, I was something of an accomplished fox hunter, don't you know? And I must say, this mustache is thick enough to be on the upper lip of a yeti. What say you to one more in your tribe? A yeti possesses the ability to be an extraordinary judge of character. Smashing! The answer is no. Ew. Ew, I see. Well, you knew I just realized that I probably wouldn't have the time. What with having to run a very successful charm school. So it is with great regret that I must decline your most generous offer. I never made an offer to... All right, an awful lot has happened and we still have more to discuss about tonight's topic. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Congratulations, Jay. Uh, thank you, John. You knew if my blasted schedule wasn't so booked, I'd have gratefully accepted my offer as well. I never... On tonight's episode of Soup to Nuts, employees in the Research and Development Department at Liquid Gold Soup Company have some concerns with an old family recipe. John, I know that you want our new Old World line of soups to taste just like your grandmother's soups, but today's customers just won't accept the nutritional values necessary for us to replicate those recipes. My grandmother's soups are what inspired me to start this company. What's the problem? The sodium and fat content of those recipes are through the roof, John. They're too unhealthy for today's customers. Unhealthy? What are you talking about? I'll have you know a doctor told me that my grandfather wanting to taste my grandmother's cooking again is what gave my grandfather the willpower necessary to recuperate so quickly from his triple bypass. Soup to Nuts. Watch a new episode of television's hottest sitcom tonight. Check your local listings for networks and showtimes. You wake up in the morning and you know exactly where you left your coffee maker. Sound familiar? Boring. Boring. You might as well be drinking decaf. But it doesn't have to be that way. Introducing Coffee Run. Coffee Run is the new coffee brewing and dispensing system that is sweeping the nation. And why is that? Simple. It's unpredictable. Unpredictable. With Coffee Run, you make your coffee from the traditional-looking primary unit. But when it comes time to dispense your brew, that's when the similarities end. Because with the Coffee Run system, the primary unit is connected to plumbing that runs throughout your home and delivers the coffee at random to one of 12 spouts. One of 12 spouts that will begin discharging your coffee whether you're there to catch it with a cup or not. Discover the rush that thousands of people are already discovering 
discovering each and every morning before their first cups of coffee, as they race around their homes to prevent coffee from gushing onto their flooring and furniture. Best of all, Coffee Run is affordable and convenient to install, with service teams able to complete installation in most homes over a single weekend. Look for Coffee Run at quality home improvement stores everywhere. Coffee Run. Discover the rush. Welcome back to the Gone Show. Welcome back to an action-packed edition of the Gone Show. Jay Stewart, John Mitten, and Orson Escanaba are here with me tonight. And tonight's topic is library card catalogs. Now, before we get back to that topic, I wanted to ask Jay, what happened to that for lack of a name, librarian. Even though I was able to find a police officer and bring him back with me to the library rather quickly, by the time we returned, this librarian had disappeared. Good. Perhaps a fate worse than death. Your opponent was forced to live with his defeat. He was gone, and they never found him? Uh, No, they never found him. But I will say that there were times afterward, while at a library, when I felt as though someone was reading over my shoulder. Well, like I said, I'm glad that you were able to survive that encounter and be here with us tonight, Jay. Thank you. Now, back to library card catalogs. According to my research, Englishman Francis Ronalds is widely credited with having invented, back around the beginning of the 19th century, the precursor to the library card catalog as we know it. Interestingly enough, Ronalds created this early version of the concept for his own personal library, which must have been quite large. And actually, now that I think of it, did you ever happen to rub elbows with Francis Ronalds, John? He was from England, and he was alive at the same time as you. Hmm, what's that? Spanish models? No, Francis Ronalds. Did you know him by chance? Frank Ronaldo. No, not that I recall. But I've known a lot of people, so... Okay. So, in doing my due diligence, I found that Italian... Natali Battazzati developed another major precursor to the library card catalog that we're talking about tonight, and it directly influenced Melville Dewey, the creator of the Dewey Decimal System, which is a library classification system that was and is used by many libraries, and that system was introduced in 1876. I remember learning that system when I was in elementary school. Yeah, me too. It is still difficult to believe that, despite the way in which you rear your young, great warriors like Jay, son of Stuart, can still come into being. It's always the quiet ones. 
Well, as we begin to wrap things up, it should go without saying that what has either drastically reduced or eliminated the use of library card catalogs at libraries is the internet. As an online replacement for those bulky card catalogs, WorldCat appears to be the largest online database, serving almost 18,000 libraries in more than 100 countries. Uh, That would make for quite a large library card catalog. All right, any final thoughts on library card catalogs before we wrap things up? I apologize. I know this is off topic, but I would like to once again thank Mr. Askinaba, I mean Orson, for the great compliment given to me tonight. Is it possible for your container to be drenched in yak blood? I will need to know for the ceremony. We are going to have to find a way to get audio of this ceremony. How about you, John? Any final thoughts? John? Hmm? John, are you okay? Ew, yes. Why wouldn't I be? Alright, hang in there. We'll talk in a second after the show. I don't want you not be... Not being available to accept Mr. Eskinoba's invitation? Right. I don't want you to dwell on that. I never said. And that's our discussion on library card catalogs. Yet another casualty of the internet. To my guests and listeners, thank you. And until next time, good evening and good gone. Come on, John. Let's take a walk. Be certain to remind the one who floats that he is not worthy. The Gone Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gone Show is a presentation of BoomTube, B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B. All rights are reserved. Visit BoomTube online at BoomTube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.